TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. I always enjoy bringing you the latest. This is The Scoop. The scoop. It's The Scoop with Doogie. The polar vortex continues here in the upper Midwest. Hey, I'm in the office, and I'm not going outside that I can promise you. So, hey, why not record yet another podcast this week? It is a two-scoop podcast week. This is Scoop Podcast episode 199, going on now just over two and a half years strong, I will say. I feel for many parents, heck, the Wolfsons are in this boat with these three days off. Schools pretty much canceled throughout the state of Minnesota through Thursday. So it has been one of those crazy weeks. My only hope is that you have a very understanding employer. That helps immensely. But yeah, it has been a cluster for many, many people. And definitely a tip of the hat to first responders, to others who have to be outside for more than just a couple of minutes because this is no joke. I was talking to Dave Dahl, Channel 5 Chief Meteorologist, earlier on Wednesday, and he was saying this is legit. This is the coldest it has been in over two decades here in Minnesota. So it is absolutely no joke. So I'm hoping that you've been able to find all sorts of warmth that you haven't been outside for any extended period. I do suppose this is an ideal time to consume podcasts even more so. So away we go. Let's start with notes, then we'll get to a conversation with former gopher Eric Harris. I had Eric in the Channel 5 studio on Wednesday for a future TV story. He recently went back to school to get his degree. So a lengthy conversation with Eric on that process plus on the current gopher. So we'll finish the podcast with that. I'll go notes for a few minutes, then we'll transition to Eric. The Scoop Podcast is brought to you by MyBookie, MyBookie.com, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E, MyBookie, MyBookie.com. I'll tell you a little bit more about MyBookie in just a bit. As we know, with the big game on Sunday, if you're thinking about depositing some money, now is the time. So many different bets to make in regards to the Rams and Patriots game. So I'll tell you more about MyBookie. In just a bit. On the Wolves, we have eight days to go before the trade deadline. As I sit here on the 30th of January, early evening, my sense from checking with a number of league folks is nothing is close on the Wolves front. Now, they, specifically Scott Layden, who is running things when it comes to trades, my understanding is Scott has been busy. He has reached out to a number of teams. He has talked to Dallas. He talked to Dallas about Dennis Smith Jr. There is no traction on any Wolves-Dennis Smith Jr. trade, but he has checked in. He's talked to Detroit because Detroit has interest in Anthony Tolliver, maybe some others as well. He's talked to Houston. Houston has interest in Tolliver. Philadelphia. Philadelphia has interest in Tolliver and others. So he has been active. He has been busy. He is on the phone, but I think he'll take this thing. My sense is he'll take this thing right up until the deadline. So the Wolves have still at least, what, three games, two or three games to go before the trade deadline. Let's see how it shakes out leading into next Thursday, eight days from now. But the playoffs, like they have been for a number of weeks, seem like a long shot. But Layden is in many ways dead man walking. I've been saying that. I can easily foresee some change in the front office come April or into May. So if you're Scott, are you punting on guys like Taj Gibson like others, when you know that your time may be ending. So even if you have a 5% chance, 10% chance, which is probably about what it is, 
why punt on any percent chance you have to make the playoffs? Because if the Wolves make the playoffs, that could change things in regards to Layden's future. I will steer you to scorenorth.com. That is the new branding here. Score North, scorenorth.com, 1500 AM on your Twin Cities radio frequency. So scorenorth.com, S-K-O-R, scorenorth.com. Dane Moore, who contributes to our Wolves coverage, penned a piece from a couple days ago opining about some trade ideas, some trade ideas that he likes, including the Wolves acquiring Thon Maker of Milwaukee. He's a guy I like. I think at 21 years old, there's still a future there. It just doesn't look like it'll be in Milwaukee. Milwaukee is open-minded to moving him, but I'm told by a league source, somebody very close to the situation, in fact, somebody directly involved, that the Wolves have not shown any interest to date in a trade for Maker. But I like the idea. So Dane's got some other good ideas. So again, scorenorth.com for Dane Moore's Wolves trade ideas. Shameless plug, I hope you follow me on Twitter, DWolfs on KSTP. I had the steam on Tuesday that the Wolves were working out a guard. It turns out they only worked out one guard, Isaiah Kanan. I had the news just a little bit later in the day on Tuesday that the Wolves would be signing Kanan to a 10-day deal. They made that news official on Wednesday afternoon. He is expected to make his Wolves debut as soon as Wednesday night against Memphis. But yeah, he was the only guy they brought in. I know that Cameron Payne's side was trying to push his name. There were some G League guys that had their agents pushing their names. So the Wolves got all sorts of calls. It wasn't as much the Wolves making calls. It was more the Wolves getting calls from agents who had guys available. But yeah, they settled on Isaiah Kanan, who has been good as recently as, what, November for the Phoenix Suns. Had a good game against the Wolves last year at Target Center. And he's, what, also played for Philadelphia. Played with Robert Covington in Philadelphia and Chicago and Houston. So Isaiah Kanan has been around the block. We'll see if he can help them. Heck, we'll see if Ryan Saunders uses him. But certainly Ryan is willing to extend his bench. Injury update is about the same from episode 198 from earlier this week. Pecking order, Derek. Eric Rose is the closest to returning, but Tyus Jones isn't that far off as well. Then you have Jeff Teague and Robert Covington. There still is not a timetable for Covington with that knee bruise, that bone bruise. So we're looking at a while here for Covington. And as for Teague, there actually really isn't a timetable on him as well. So it looks like those two, it still could be a bit. But as for Rose and Tyus, hopefully they are back soon. On the Vikings, I heard that assistant coach Terrence Newman, he helped with the defensive backs last year, has the option to return. So it's on Terrence. If Terrence wants to be back helping coach with the Vikings defensive backs, he has an open invitation. But my understanding is he is still contemplating whether he wants to be back. I mean, it is a serious grind to coach. I mean, at times you're talking about 12, 13, maybe even 14-hour days. Terrence Newman has invested his money well. It's not like he needs the paychecks. So he is still contemplating whether he wants to grind away with those long coaching hours. So it remains to be seen whether he says yes. Maybe the power of Mike Zimmer can convince him. My sense right now is Terrence is leaning more toward He won't be back, but nothing has been decided definitively. Also noteworthy that on the Vikings team website, Clancy Barone's picture is no longer listed. I'm told he's still under contract. Now it's possible the Vikings moved on from Barone. I'm waiting for somebody close to Barone to get back to me. I did get the sense that Mike Zimmer 
likes Clancy Barone. Barone was the co-offensive line coach last year after Tony Sperano passed away. That position is still hanging up in the air, but Rick Dennison is absolutely still in the mix to coach the Vikings offensive line. Dennison has all sorts of connections to Gary Kubiak, the new Vikings assistant head coach, and Gary certainly will have his fingerprints all over the offense. But Kevin Stefanski will call the plays, and I said this a couple weeks ago. I'll reiterate it now. A source close to Kevin tells me Kevin is 100% on board with Gary Kubiak joining the staff. Gary will serve as a nice bridge to Zimmer, that Zimmer isn't always the easiest guy to read, that Gary can be that in-between with Kevin and Mike. And Kevin figures, hey, I can learn from Gary. Gary's won a Super Bowl. He's coordinated many offenses. I can learn a lot from him to be in a position maybe as soon as next year to get a head coaching job. Heck, he finished runner-up for the Browns job. So Kevin Stefanski, with a good year with the Vikings, can certainly be in the mix to be some team's head coach one year from now. So I'm just telling you, Kevin Stefanski is absolutely on board with Gary and talking to Ryan Harris on this podcast, others that know Gary Kubiak well, he is egoless. He is selfless. So that helps in regards to Kevin and Gary being able to connect. On the Twins, they are expected to have a scout on Thursday at a showcase for a couple free agent pitchers, including former Dodgers reliever Adam Liberator, Adam Liberator showcase on Thursday. The Twins typically get to a lot of showcases, although like Adrian Gonzalez had one like a week or two ago, the Twins were not at that one. They've missed out on a couple others. A lot of free agents that are having showcases this month and into February. So the Twins can't make them all. If they don't have an interest in a guy, so be it. But in the case of Liberator, the plan is to be there on Thursday. Also on the Twins, a little bit more on Craig Kimbrell because I think some fans are... For whatever reason, semi-optimistic on Kimbrell, I would not be semi-optimistic. I would not be any sort of optimistic. It is more his side initiating talks with the Twins. The Twins are listening. I get the sense that the price would have to come down. The term would have to come down. If Kimbrell is willing to take a two-year deal and the money is reasonable, yeah, the Twins would have some interest. Who wouldn't, right? I mean, statistically speaking, he is one of the greatest closers in the history of the game. Heck, in some statistical categories, he is the greatest closer. That includes Mariano Rivera, who just unanimously got into the Hall of Fame. Craig Kimbrell is the real deal. And yes, the Twins have an obvious need for a closer. But unless money and term come down, I would not bet on Craig Kimbrell ending up with the Twins. Same goes for Dallas Keuchel. Of course, the Twins have talked to Scott Boros at different points this offseason, and Boros has a lot of remaining free agents, Gio Gonzalez, others, guys that could help the Twins. But unless money comes down, term comes down, the Twins could be done. It comes down to term. It comes down to money. Now, heck, this time last year, the Twins had not acquired Jake Odorizzi yet. They had not signed Lance Lynn. They had not signed Logan Morrison. So they will continue to be active. They will be on the phone with teams in terms of trades. They will be on the phone with agents seeing if free agent deals can be struck. But they are not being uber aggressive. They have filled all of their needs, at least in their minds. I will say they will look to extend guys like they did last year. Remember last year they tried to extend Byron Buxton. They tried to extend Eddie Rosario, Max Kepler, and Jose Barrios. I continue to hear that Barrios would be atop their wish list 
this winter, that if something can get done, once everybody gets down to Fort Myers, they'll continue dialogue with Barrios's new agent, that the Twins would be very interested in extending Barrios, much like last year. But once again, just like with remaining free agents, it comes down to term, it comes down to money. But the Twins do think the world of Jose Barrios. End of reminder, because it's a good talker, I went a little bit heavier on it during episode 198. In fact, if you need your Twins fix, Scoop Podcast episode 198 has interviews with the new Twins pitching coach, Twins Hall of Famer Joe Nathan, owner Jim Polad, and others. But the Twins did offer Yasmani Grandal. I talked about that in episode 198. So if you need a little bit more background on the offer the Twins made to Yasmani Grandal, check out episode 198. But Grandal, I'm told, never seriously considered the Twins. Ended up signing with the Brewers one year, somewhere in the neighborhood of $18.5 million. But certainly a name to keep an eye on. This time next year when Jason Castro is a free agent. Heck, the Twins were willing to give Grandall a ton of money now with Castro still under contract. So you think about the need for a catcher this time next year. Keep an eye on the name Yasmani Grandall and definitely see how he does this year with the Brewers. But even if he struggles a bit, hey, he's still going to be a hot commodity in one year. So that is a name the Twins absolutely like. All right, let's get to Eric Harris in just a bit. Let me tell you a little bit more about my bookie, mybookie.com. I would only recommend a service to listeners of the Scoop Podcast that has been good to me. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. My bookie, mybookie.com. M Y B O O K I E, mybookie.com. You join now, my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. That's if you use the promo code SCOOP. Use the promo code SCOOP, and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Don't forget the promo code SCOOP. Think about heading into this weekend, the big game on Sunday. If you're tempted to try and win, why not do it with my bookie? You play, you win, you get paid. It is my bookie. All right, let's get to Eric Harris. He was the starting point guard on the 1997 Gophers Final Four team. He is from the Bronx, but he now resides in Minneapolis. He moved here about three and a half months ago. He went back to school, so he... Gathered a bunch of credits when he was playing for the Gophers, but didn't quite finish his degree. So he went back in the last handful of months, completed a bunch of courses online, and he is now a University of Minnesota graduate. So that was a lot of what I talked to Eric about, but I also picked Eric's brain on the current Gophers and a couple other things. Here is my conversation with former Gophers guard Eric Harris. Why exactly did you decide after all these years, Mm. okay, it's time for me to go back to school, let me get my college degree? Why? Well, it's been a um, monkey on my back for a while, and it's just something that I wanted to say to myself that I accomplished. Um, My daughter's a freshman in college now, so I would have been very hypocritical telling her you have to finish up when I didn't take the steps to finish up myself. So um, that and my coach, my high school coach, he was on my back forever. He wouldn't let me give up. He stayed on top of me. So my coach, Gary DeCesar from St. Raymond's High School, I want to thank him because he was an inspiration behind it because he just wouldn't let me think about nothing else. What was the process like? I mean, did you have a certain amount of degrees that you gained when you were at the university, you know, mid-'90s into 96, 97? 98, so did you just have a little bit left to finish up? How did that process play out? I had a little bit left to finish up based on what happened in 98, 99. We all know what took place. Some of my credits were taken away, Mm -hmm. so it was a process where I just had to 
take certain classes over again to get those specific credits. And um, the university, um, Kyle Quagliana, he's the academic advisor with the men's basketball program. He was great. Coach Patino, so they helped helped walk me through that process. So thank you to those guys. And Kamani Young as well. Thank you to all those guys. They were very instrumental. So, I mean, was it a combination of online classes and attending? I know, did. Heck, were you in class with a bunch of 19, 20, 21 No, actually, when I first started the process, when it was brought to my attention that there was opportunity for, to finish up, I took all my classes online in New York. And then when I finally made the move back to Minneapolis, I took three classes last semester. So everything was online. I never went to a physical class, so it was all done online. I mean, that's the beauty of technology nowadays, right? Yeah. I mean, could you have imagined in the 90s taking a <laughs> class online, right? That was unheard of back then. I mean, Perfect. computers and the Internet were taking shape. It yeah. was, you know, but it wasn't like it is now, obviously. And it's an effortless process. The university does a great job with that process online. How much of a grind was it, though? It was a grind, not a grind from the aspect of the work being difficult or hard, but just time management. When you're living real life, you have to work. You have to be a family man. You have to be a dad. Then you have to prioritize when to get your work done. That's where it becomes tough. But through the grace of God, I was able to get through it. So you get your degree. Did you walk with your class? Did you walk across the stage? Not yet. That's coming up in spring, summer. I don't have the specific date, but that's coming up. So not yet. Um... I didn't think I would want to walk, but just for the sake of it, I think I might just do it. Why not? I mean, have you thought about that moment, what that will be like, though, walking across that stage when they announce your name? Yeah, it's going to be a relief because, um, like I said, it's great to have it, but when you live the real world, you know that, you know, that degree is not what's going to help me make money. You know, it's my sacrifice and my work I'm doing, but you also understand that that puts you in a different light to certain people, the perception, you know, that you're a college graduate. So, you know, I'm happy about it, and it's going to be a great, a great moment that I'll cherish. What's your degree in? <laughs> you ready? So it's a three-part degree. Communications, Afro studies, and a small business component at the end. But communications and Afro studies, that's the meat and potatoes of it. The business end is just a small component. All right, so moving forward, I mean, how do you plan on utilizing that degree you know, is, is heck, I mean, you know, you're still in your, what, young 40s. Yes, I yes. mean, you still have a lot of your professional <laughs> life to go. So yes. how will you utilize this degree? Well, hopefully you'll be kind enough to let me be a bug and come around here and do just be around and soak it in because I want to get on the media side. You know, I, I have a podcast that I'm working on now that's very interesting. So I still need to learn the business side of it. But, you know, I want to do some things on in, in media so that's what i'm looking forward to and it's going to be fun and the beauty is i mean there's always a thirst for for people absorbing basketball knowledge and you think about your history not only your history playing for the university of minnesota but you mm -hmm. played for what five years professionally mm -hmm. now you what train athletes as well i mean you have just what infinite knowledge when it comes to the game of basketball well, the game of basketball has been great to me. You know, it's, it's a blessing. I got to go to a university for free, a free ride, travel the world, meet people, people that I'm still friends with to this day. So been around it for a long time. I like to tell people basketball, that, that's what I know. That's what I do. So I still love it. I still love to um, watch the game, compete with the clients that I work with, and I'm still having a great time with the game. Take us through the thrill of 
whether it was the Clemson victory in the Sweet 16 or cutting down the nets after you beat UCLA in the Elite Eight to mm-hmm. get to the Final Four or the celebration. Remember the celebration <laughs> yeah. at Williams Arena? Take us through the thrill of, of those couple weeks, what, March of 1997, compared to the thrill of when you submitted that, that final paper, whatever it was when you knew, okay, I'm done, I've got my degree. Well, it's funny that you mentioned Clemson. I was just in the gym earlier working out, and I run into Greg Buckner. He played sure. on that Clemson team. Yeah, he had a nice he's, NBA career. He's, yes, great NBA. I told him today you had a great career. He's coaching with the Grizzlies now. So we reminisced a little bit today about that run. It was fantastic. What can I say? Gopher fans, they're the best. They showed us so much love and support during that run. And it was it was magical. It it really showed how much we bonded as a team because to get to a level like that in sports, whether it's college, professionally, you have to really bond with your teammates and love one another. And we had a great vibe. And to this day when we see each other, it's like time never stopped. We still link back up and can just pick right back up. Okay, so the thrill of that, and then how about the thrill of whatever it was. Was it like a final paper when mm-hmm. you hit submit? Whatever it was, or you got some email saying you passed this class, you've got all the necessary credits. Hey, congratulations, Eric. You're a graduate. It was a beautiful feeling. Kyle Quagliana, I can't express how much I thank him enough because, like I said, he's my, he was my advisor and he, he kept me moving forward in terms of deadlines and things that I had to accomplish. So when he finally sent me that email saying, you did it, man, you're done. And the university wasn't official today sent something saying that your degree is on the way. We're mailing it to you. That's when it really hit home for me. Like, wow, I really I really accomplished it. But like I said, I I give all glory to God. It it was tough. It was difficult. But he found a way for me to do it. So who was the first phone call? Oh, man, (laughs) I think it was my daughter. I think, you know, today is text. I think it was my daughter. And I said, you know. Your dad finally did it, and she said she was proud of me. And um, I think she was my first, the first person that I contacted saying that I did it. All right, so she's part of the reason why you went back. Mm-hmm. And you said, in many ways, you would have been a hypocrite, right? Mm-hmm. You're telling her, hey, you need to get your high school degree, move on to college, yet you didn't have your college degree. Mm-hmm. I mean, that had to be as good as it gets then to have that satisfaction to reach out to her to say, hey, Daddy did it. <laughs> of course. It felt good because she's 18, so now we can start. We have real conversations now because mm-hmm. she's experiencing the real world. So, I don't know. You have kids. I mean, when they're younger, you have to kind of sugarcoat things sometimes. But now you're 18. Your life, you're living your life now. And the decisions you make are going to shape your life. You know, I wish I would have got my degree 20 years ago. Maybe my life would have been at a different stage. But for her, I just want her to understand that decisions have consequences. So, and she's figuring that out now. But to see me as an example, I try to tell her, don't be like me. Take care of it now so that you don't have to worry about that. So, Do you think about how life could have been different if you did get your degree when you were 21, 22 years old? Oh, definitely. Um, People always had opportunities and situations where I could have possibly taken those situations, but when you don't have your degree, it's like, oh, man, I would have helped you with this, but you didn't finish up. So now 
that excuse is, is no longer relevant, and now I could take different steps. There's no barriers now. So I don't dwell on it. You know, I feel like everything happens for a reason in life. And, you know, this was the time where it was supposed to happen for me. Does it frustrate you when you walk into Williams Arena and you don't see any acknowledgement whatsoever of the 97 run? No, because anytime I see someone, they always bring up a story or a memory or they can remember where they were at when we beat Clemson or, you know, whatever. They still remember. So those memories, I tell people all the time, you can't take those away. It would be good to see some acknowledgement, but you gotta, you can't control that. So, you know, why dwell on it? But um, people remind me every day. You still keep in touch with a lot of your former teammates and coaches? Yes. Bobby, obviously he's with the Kings now. Quincy, John, they're here. Um, Courtney, Miles Tarver. So I keep up with the, the twins. I keep up with most, mostly everybody yeah, on the team. Team. Trevor. Yeah. So I, I'm connected to all those guys. Coach Haskins, Coach, Coach, um, Coach Barnes wasn't on that team. But Coach Bill Brown and Coach Davis, we all stand tight. Like it's, it's a bond that no one can take away from us. Refresh my memory. Was it the UCLA game that you got hurt? Was it your ankle? Or was it, it was the Clemson the game. Clemson game um, I think Tom Weidman, he hit me with a screen. And my body, the way my body, the talk of I was going in one direction and he hit me the other direction, so that kind of separated my shoulder. But shoulder, it was a, okay. a, a Clemson game. All right, so you fought through. I mean, mm-hmm. was it just adrenaline then? A day later, I guess, what, a day of rest or a day of preparation, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you're playing UCLA. Mm-hmm. Was that a lot of adrenaline that got you through the UCLA game? Hey, as a kid growing up, I'm from the Bronx, New York. That's what you dreamed of, playing in a situation like the Final Four. That's what everyone dreams of. And um, I was going to at least give it a go. You know, Roger Shipper, who was the head trainer at that time, he shot me up with, with whatever it was at that time. It held for a little bit, but then it would wear off. And then it was like, you know, your shoulder is everything in basketball. You shoot, you pass, you dribble. So I was pretty much a done deal. But I just wanted my teammates to see that, hey, I was going to try to push through it. So. All right, so you guys get to Indianapolis. You're playing Kentucky. Did you sit out that game, man? I'm trying to remember. No, I played so the you game. Tried to fight through and at least play. I a played. Bit. I played, but um. But you just looking back yourself. at that game, a layup I missed. There were certain things that, you know, if I'm healthy, who knows what happens. But I was just couldn't perform, you know, like I wanted to. So. Well, I mean, speaking of that, I mean, one of my colleagues, Patrick Roycey, mm-hmm. you know the name. Patrick yes, of was course. Talking to Clem the of other course. day. Clem is convinced, even to this day. <laughs> Clement is what? Late 70s or whatever Clem is. I mm-hmm. mean, hopefully Clem lives for a really long time still, <laughs> right? You know, the good outweighs the bad. Yes. We don't need to yes. go down that road. But, but Clem told Patrick, he's convinced if you didn't get hurt, you guys were winning the national championship. Do you believe that? Um, I would like to think so. Shout out to Coach Haskins. He's a great guy, great coach, and, you know, he's another instrumental figure in my life. But, hey, I'll take our chances on playing Kentucky if I'm healthy and coming out with that win. I, I, we played so bad that game. We had, like, 20-something turnovers. But when you look at it, it was like a five-point game at one point. So we were right there. But, you know, they were the better team that day. And Kentucky, I mean, that was, that was vintage Patino, right, where, I mean, they were defending you. The entire floor, right? I mean, yeah. that was that was yeah. Kentucky pressing. Yeah, pressure. Yes. So I'm just thinking, Eric Harris, point guard, 
Like if you're at one hundred percent and you're mentioning twenty something turnovers, I mean, in all likelihood, you guys don't turn the ball over twenty something times if you're healthy. Yes, because everybody, Bobby had to now focus on being a point guard, and he couldn't just focus on scoring. Everybody had to adapt their games to go against their pressure, Kentucky's pressure. And like you said, Coach Patino, one of the greatest coaches ever. You know, they, they had a great game plan, a great strategy, and they had a bunch of pros on that team too. Ron Mercer, they, they had a great team. You know, Nazi Muhammad, I think Padgett was on that team. They had like four or five pros on that team. So it, it was a great team. Do you think that injury, did it have any bearing on you didn't get drafted? Mm-hmm. Was that a year later though? 98 I came out. I mean, I was predicted to get drafted second round. And it just didn't happen. Um, could have been a shoulder, but I wasn't. I tell people all the time I'm a winner. And from high school, college, USA, overseas, I, I just win. You know, that's just something that I've always done. And, you know, it's just unfortunate on that level you have people that are experts, so called, and they make certain decisions. But, you know, like I said earlier, I can't complain. Basketball was great to me. And five years, I mean, regardless of. Not playing in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Five years of playing professional basketball? Yes. Played overseas, visited some beautiful countries, and it was a learning experience. It's just a, a different world and some great people, great friends to this day that I have from playing overseas. So home base is now the Twin Cities? Yes. Twin Cities. Got back here about three and a half months ago. Okay, um, so recently. Very recently. And right, what spurred that? Why? Why make the move? I mean, home base was... New York City, and I love New York City. City. I love the Bronx, but it's just a pace that's so frantic and so stressful and so hectic all the time. So expensive to live. You know, great people. But I just needed a change of pace, and the timing was right for me. My daughter going off to college. Just, hey, I said to myself, hey, I got her to this point. Now I can move on and kind of experience new things for myself, so... I've always wanted to see what it was like to live in the Twin Cities. There's some great people here, so you know, I'm I'm looking forward to the new journey. So so far so good. A lot of people. So far them. so great. You know, the embrace that I get from people, the love, the um, people. You know, you hear the term Minnesota nice, but people are just they're just nice. New Yorkers, they it takes a while for them to warm up to you, and you get those looks from people. But here. With the history that I have here, people have been great. All right, so tell us a little bit more about, okay, so what's keeping you busy on a day-in and day-out basis? You're training yes. basketball yeah. players. You're doing some of the media stuff with the podcast. Is that through the university? Tell us a little bit more about that. Yes, well, thanks for asking. Um, my training business is called Train with Eric Harris, and I specialize in developing the skills of kids from middle school on up to pro players. Um, been doing it for 15, 16 years now, and that's what I love. The coaching aspect in basketball is great, but I love the hands-on process of developing an individual. I like projects, student-athletes that can't play. A year later, two years later, they're one of the best players in the city or the state. So that's what I love doing. Like I said, train with Eric Harris, and it's, um, the number is one lock you up Once again, one lock the letter U up And um, in terms of the podcast... With the university and the Golden Dunkers, um, I'm hosting a show called Golden Dunkers Live. And basically, Golden Dunkers Live is a show that's given diehard Gopher fans the opportunity to 
hear an interview and find out what their favorite former golfers are doing now, whether they're playing overseas, whether they're working a corporate job. I'm going to have different golfers from back in the day come on and we're going to have a conversation before every gopher road game, one hour before every gopher road game, and you can log on to the Golden Dunkers Facebook page to see it, to tune in. So it's just a lot of fun. The first episode we had Akeem Springs on. Sure. So the next one we're going to have Trevor Mbakwe. Mm-hmm. That's going to be before the, um, who are they playing? I think Purdue. The next road game we're going to have Trevor. Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, we're going to have Trevor Mbakwe. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and he's over in Japan, I believe. Japan, right? Uh, yes. He just left a couple weeks ago. Yes. Just got a new deal over there. Yes. Great Trevor, guy. That is interesting Great guy. just to see where everybody is. I mean, heck, I mean, I was just texting with J.B. Bickerstaff this morning. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Greg Buckner. I mean, JB's the head coach of Memphis. Exactly. Think about tonight at Target Center, right? Yeah, exactly. JB Bickerstaff against Ryan Saunders. You got two former Gophers coaching against. I each didn't other. even think about that, but that's amazing. I'm happy for JB. Great guy, obviously. Coach Saunders. Happy for a Gopher. Any Gopher that's winning. Tough dilemma for me tonight. Go to the um, Timberwolves game or go to the Gophers game. I'm going to the Gophers game. I, I, I have to see a good friend of mine. He Orlando Antigua. Used to coach at Kentucky yes. with um. Now he's with Illinois, so okay. I have to go he's see him. Got a good him. recruiting reputation. Yes, he? great recruiting reputation. Great guy, Orlando Antigua. Got it. And okay, so you're doing the podcast. Mm-hmm. I mean, so you're you're keeping busy in in many different ways. Yes, I'm just enjoying life right now and the opportunities that are coming my way, and. You know, things are good. Happy to be in a new environment, new situation. So meeting people like yourself and just um, enjoying life and thankful. Well, I have you. Put on your analyst hat. Do you like what you see so far with the Gophers? I mean, you're pretty regular at practice, right? Yes. yes. You know, they invite us from time to time. I'd say <laughs> sitting in the corner at one of the practices I was at. So I'm guessing you're over there a good amount. I've been disconnected for so long being in New York. So now that I'm back, you know, I have access to see what's going on with the program that I I once played on. So Coach Patino has been great welcoming me in and the whole coaching staff. And they have a nice mix. I I said it in the beginning. I thought size, playing against teams with size would be their issue. But they struggle at times, but then there's other times where they get in transition and they're playing so well that, you know, I always say it, um, Amir, man, he's the engine. They go as he goes. And I told him, listen, you have to be aggressive, man. I had a con- I have many conversations with him. Just be aggressive. Everything else is going to happen based on what you do. So they have some nice pieces. The freshmen are playing out of their mind. They're playing well. And obviously, Jordan, man, that guy's a, a monster. Second ever in rebounding in the Big Ten. That's crazy. That, that's unbelievable. Me, Ariel McDonald and myself, we were talking about that. And we're like, wow. How did... So they have some pieces. They just have to play aggressive. Limit turnovers. When they get in trouble, they start turning the ball over. So they just have to play smart. And... They, 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 they're interesting. I'll say that. They, they, they have some things that can give some teams some trouble. Uh, Darren, can I ask a question? Yeah. So Isaiah Washington's also from New York. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, he's been kind of like on and off lately. Do you try to help him seeing how you were kind of that kid? Or like what do you do for someone like that? Yeah, so 
It's a small, strange world. We both went to the same high school as well, St. Raymond's High School. Okay, he's a same Okay. St. Raymond's, yeah. So I just try to tell Isaiah I'm a resource if you need it. I'm here to help. However, if it's, you want to train, you want to get some physical work in, or if you just need somebody to bounce some, some things off of, I'm here. He's a great kid. Just so talented once he understands the level of intensity that it takes all the time on this level, whether it's in practice, whether it's in the, it starts with practice, but playing hard all the time, once he flips that switch, you know, it can be really good. But he's a great kid, great kid. I mean, you say they go as Amir goes, and I don't disagree. I mean, you're mm-hmm. spot on. But imagine if Isaiah gets to that level, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people say the one thing that might be holding the Gophers back is they don't have a true point guard, right? Mm-hmm. When the games get even higher intensity and, and things get mucked up even more come March. Mm-hmm. You know, how important is it to have? I mean, even at the end of the Iowa game, they're up 81-65. Mm-hmm. Find a way to put Iowa away. Now, they missed some free throws, but yeah. they also turned the ball over yeah. a couple times. You know, would having that real point guard, that true point guard, and I get it, Isaiah's that, mm-hmm. but is he ready for for those sorts of responsibilities? Is that maybe the one thing holding the Gophers back? Well, we'll see. That's the interesting thing about sports. You never know how things are going to play out. Coach Haskins used to say it all the time, guard play. It all comes down to guard play, especially as it gets into March, tournament play, tournament time. It's all about guard play. So, like I said earlier, they have to take care of the ball, limit turnovers, and, and make smart decisions. When the teams play zone against them, they get a little stagnant. Ball movement stops, and there's no penetration and kick. It's all the ball pass moves around the perimeter. So it all is, it's going to come down to guard plan. Dupree has been doing a great job, you know, trying to settle things down. So we'll see. But I, I like what I'm seeing in terms of, you know, the potential that they have. Now they just got to fulfill it. They beat some pretty good teams. They have Michigan. They beat Michigan. So they, they, they've shown that they're capable of beating really good teams. I mean, they show good fight, right? I mean, I'll admit in Ann Arbor, they were down 13 with about nine minutes to go. I figured they'd curl up in the fetal position. I didn't see that comeback happening. Yeah. I did. You know, so to me, that that shows me something. Yeah. And heck, Nebraska just lost a key player for the season. They're on a downslide. Ohio State is seemingly on a downslide. Indiana's on a downslide. So, like, the middle of the Big Ten, okay, so if we've got Michigan and Michigan State and maybe Purdue toward mm-hmm. the top, you know, they have a chance, and Wisconsin's winning some games mm-hmm. now. But they have a chance maybe to finish, what, fourth, fifth? You got to win. Some, I mean, there's there's a lot of toss up games, right? Yeah. I mean, if we think they beat Illinois and you beat Rutgers and maybe you win at Northwestern. But all those other games, right? Even Indiana here is probably a toss up game. But you find a way to win some of these games, they could probably finish maybe even as high as fourth in the Big Ten. Hey, the Big Ten right now is the best conference in the country. They're predicting nine or ten, nine, eight or nine teams to get in the tournament. Nine, like ten, yeah. You don't think not ten, but eight or nine, they're saying. And it's it's fun. It's, there's no easy road, no easy game in the Big Ten right now. I mean, so every game they're gonna have to be locked in. They can't take no opponent for granted, and just comes down to making smart, good decisions and staying aggressive. I'm going to keep talking to Amir. Like I said, it goes through him. So that's that's where I'm at with the Gophers right now. I foolishly left out Maryland. So if we've got Michigan, Michigan State, Maryland, Purdue, 
in no particular order, although the two Michigan schools, probably one and two in some sort of order. Who knows who wins the conference, who finishes second. Michigan State is down Langford for the season, a key player, although he's been out for a little bit, but he's now out for the season. But yeah, maybe they can finish top five, top six, depending on maybe the Wisconsin game at Williams Arena, how that game goes. A couple other games that are a little bit up in the air, but yeah, I mean, no doubt that Nebraska, Indiana, and Ohio State are on downslides. A couple other things from the interview. Clem Haskins is 75 years old, so I gave him a couple extra years. He's in his 70s, but not late 70s yet close, but yeah, 75 years old for Clem Haskins. And you heard one other voice toward the latter part of the conversation. The question was about Isaiah Washington. The person who asked that question was my TV photojournalist, Scott Wise, who does a great job shooting sports for us on Channel 5. So, yeah, I mean, I always say when I sit down with an individual, especially when we're going for 20, 25 minutes, I always tell my photojournalist, hey, if you have something to offer, please chime in because, hey, you might have something that doesn't hit me and we can use it on TV. So great question from Scott. So I'm glad that he jumped in there. One other basketball note was just texting while I was replaying that Harris interview from my computer database. I got a text from Jalen Suggs' dad. Jalen has locked in an official visit to Gonzaga the weekend of February 9th. That will be the only official visit for now that he'll take. You get the five, of course, and he'll take others. Florida, Georgetown, others have significant interest in Jalen. Mark Few was just in town, the Gonzaga coach, on Saturday to see Jalen. So the interest in Gonzaga is definitely legit. So Jalen Suggs, the first of his five official visits, will be to Gonzaga the weekend of February 9th. He is a star junior at Minnehaha Academy, one of the 10 or 15 best players in the country in the class of 2020. Always appreciate you listening. That does it for Scoop Podcast episode 199. Did you know that 61% of pet owners feel more prepared to be a good pet parent after testing with Embark? Embark your dog with Embark's dog DNA test to get hundreds of actionable health insights. You can be proactive with their health and work with your vet on a personalized care plan. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA, to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today.